Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Carlin, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're doing a six-day countdown till the 2023 World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And of course, we want to celebrate... Our move to Golasso Network. Special update. Thanks for joining us. It's official starting on Monday, July 17th. Attacking Third is going to become a live studio show on CBS Sports Golasso Network. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, all year round, you can watch all of our U.S. Women's National Team, World Cup, NWSL, Women's Super League, all women's soccer coverage on CBS Sports Golasso Network. It's easily accessible and connected on your TV or through a mobile device on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, Paramount Plus apps, as well as cbssports.com. We are upgrading our voices on this show. We've got a full cast of soccer insiders for you. We've got former NWSL pros like Jordan Angeli, and Darian Jenkins uh, joining along with the with the new evolution of this show. We've, we're still going to have the same great previews, recaps, analysis. We're going to have interviews and so much more. And after airing live, we're still going to make sure that Attacking Third is available as a podcast too. So make sure that you download and subscribe anywhere you listen. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary, and I'm so thrilled to to make this announcement on the show that really started all of this. Look, I look know. what we built. Look what we created, Lisa. 
How cool is that, Sandra? Air 5. I mean, fantastic because it's been um, a journey, a really fun journey with you, with our listeners, with CBS Sports to kind of get us to where we are today. As you mentioned, we just celebrated two years on Wednesday. This is now our 429th episode. So our 430th episode will be on Galazzo Network starting on Monday, um, just after the weekend. We'll see We'll see you guys all there. Everyone that joins us live on YouTube, who listens as a podcast, check us out on the show. We, we'll, we'll be in studio. It'll definitely be an upgrade with graphics and, and things that you have all been asking us for, right? We break down plays, we talk about highlights, and everyone is always like, can we see it? Can you pull them up on YouTube? Can we watch them? Now you can, because we will be on Galazzo Network Monday, Wednesday, Friday, four o'clock. Watch it on Pluto TV, on your CBS Sports app, Paramount Plus. Go to live, toggle to Galazzo Network, and you can catch Sandra and I, along with some of our friends, talking all about women's footy. Um, it's fantastic, right? It's It's been the growth of this sport and the growth of um, the global game of women's football, frankly, has been tremendous. And I'm really grateful and thankful that you and I, Sandra, have been able to cover it for two years pretty extensively. I mean, as our full-time jobs, it's very extensive. We're covering this. And now we get to level up again and continue to cover it, continue to talk about women's soccer, continue to give voices to the players, to the leagues, to the teams, to the fight that um, all of these women's teams are going through and doing um, because it's happening. The train's moving. The World Cup is six days away. There's so much content to talk about. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Attacking Third is on Galazzo Network. Yeah, come through. Look, look, we've been we've been doing this for for two years running. And, um, you know, if you've been one of our day ones, if you've been riding with us since since the beginning, uh, you know, we are so thrilled to, to have you as part of this A3 community. And we hope that you'll continue the support moving forward to the uh, Golasso Network version of Attacking Third. And I mean, it's it's we're riding high right now. You know, it's we celebrated the two year birthday of, of Attacking Third and, and it's. And it's an inaugural couple of seasons here, and we're celebrating the fact that the World Cup is still just days away. We're like ticking them off as we go by. We're going to be celebrating six days out, so we've got some themes built into the number six here for you. And normally, when we get together on these uh, these later episodes in the week, we try to touch on NWSL, like hit everybody with a preview, but. Maybe we'll start with that. There's there's the bye week. It's officially going to be a break in regular season play with six days away from the World Cup now. Teams already completed their final regular season. Uh, week 15, I believe it was, for the matches that kind of count as the, the marking point for the break in the regular season. They will return, I believe it is August 4th. There's still going to be Challenge Cup for teams to participate in. So make, make sure you take a look at NWSL.com, CBSSports.com to take a look at the schedule for when your favorite team is going to have a Challenge Cup game going on. So there's one or two for some teams, depending on where they are in the stage of their group play in the Challenge Cup. But NWSL, just like the rest of the world, absolutely has laser focus on this upcoming World Cup with six days till kickoff. And we're so thrilled about it that we're already trying to highlight the games that we want to watch, the the, the teams that we want to see go head to head. 
which is really every single one of them. But I know this was hard. <laughs> but <laughs> big old but in here um, for those of us stateside, our American audiences who are going to be tuning in to, to this World Cup. It's taking place in the Southern Hemisphere. We've been talking a lot about the storylines going into this World Cup, and that's one of them as well. The first time one of the Women's World Cup is going to be hosted across two host nations in Australia and New Zealand. That means it's going to be in the Southern Hemisphere. The temperature is going to be a little different. It's not. It's oh, yeah. summer here in the United States, so there's hot temperatures. I'm out in Miami right now for a conference. Now, let me tell you, it's a complete different energy than probably <laughs> the weather is going on in Australia and New Zealand. It's a little bit yeah. more chilly out there. I mean, we've already heard that, right? If, if on social media and the players coming out, a lot of the media that's traveling to the Southern Hemisphere, to Australia and New Zealand saying, hey, there's a lot of different weather temperatures I have to pack for. Megan Rapino doing a great interview with uh, Jeff Kasuf at the Equalizer um, and, and sitting in front of media conference and saying that when the U.S. women's national team arrived in New Zealand, she felt like she was at home. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. It felt like Seattle, Seattle, Washington for Megan Rapino. So um, definitely an interesting kind of take on the World Cup this year, because I just think that people um, think like, oh, Australia, New Zealand, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be warm. No, it is their winter. It is definitely going to be interesting to kind of watch these games as we're sweltering here in America um, with with all the heat and the humidity that will be bundled up there. So it just gives a different take on the World Cup this year. It's been so funny uh, checking in from this work conference in Miami, like every once in a while, like, oh, let's, you know, make sure we're still tuned in to, to women's soccer here, what's going on, and, and watching some of these training uh, highlight reels come out, and they're, like, bundled up in, like, their long oh. sleeves and their, you know, their pants, and we've got the puffer jackets, and I'm like, oh, boy, like, we're, like, so we're sweltering out here right now. But that, that's part of it. That's part of what we're going to see. And then, of course, that also comes a massive time change for those of us who are going to, uh, take in this World Cup stateside. Uh, we're talking almost a day's difference yeah. between the United States and Australia and New Zealand. So while, of course, we want to tune in to probably every single group stage match, we know that for health, literal health reasons, that's probably not possible for a, a lot of folks in terms of sleeping schedule and things like that. So we wanted to maybe take a look in celebration of six days out at some World Cup group stage matches that we're going to try to keep a closer eye on. Um, matchups that we are really, really intrigued by that we're going to try to encourage folks to maybe take a look at alongside of us as well. Of course, when we're looking at six top group stage matches to watch, Lisa and I both agree, in honor of the co-host, you 100% have to try to keep an eye or catch the highlights of New totally. Zealand versus Norway or Australia versus Ireland as they both are kicking off on July 20th. These are the two games that will mark the start of the World Cup. Yeah, this is massive. Um, as, as Sandra alluded to, there's obviously a plethora of group stage games to watch over the span of several days. But we have to dive into New Zealand and Australia uh, because they are the host countries. Their games will be sold out. We even saw that with friendlies that we'll talk about later in this episode. But you look at um, Australia going up against Ireland, that Group B matchup to kick things off will be in Australia for the Matildas. They have a sold out stadium. And they're going up against a debutante in Ireland. 
massive game to kind of watch and take in. And same as New Zealand, this is uh, two teams and two host countries that are incredibly proud of their culture, of their countries, of where they come from, of showing the world what their beautiful lands are like and, and everything that it can be. And the fact that they are good at football and they can compete. I think that no matter what ranking is uh, for New Zealand, for Australia, for Norway, for Ireland, when you look at these matchups, you know there's going to be underlying emotions and layers that come into these games because they are hosting, because these teams are representing their nations. Um, the opening ceremonies will be happening Thursday, July 20th. Um, and then right from there, there will be these two games that are kicking off everything, the two host cities. So they are for sure the biggest ones to watch at the top of our list for our top six group stage matches to watch. New Zealand versus Norway, Australia versus Ireland, Group A and Group B. Take a look at them. Yeah, I, I think when we were kind of contemplating this, it's like, look, we've got to show some love to the to the co-hosts. You know, we try, we've tried to do our best in, in every episode that's gone by and our celebration of the lead up to the World Cup to touch on as many different angles as possible. And we've talked a ton about the, the U.S. women's national team. We, we've chatted we've chatted up Brazil. We're so excited to follow that team and what they're going to do in this World Cup as well. And we were like, you know what, we've really got to show some love to, to the co-hosts here. And we're going to try to do that for, for, for this episode for sure. So in terms of two matches out of the six that we're definitely going to keep an eye on, absolutely make sure you're trying to get the highlights and tune into the the New Zealand and Norway and Australian Ireland match. But we're also going to take a look at some other group state matches as well. I'm really intrigued by France versus Jamaica out of group F. I think, you know, folks I'm sure are going to, you know, with hearing me talk about Australia, New Zealand and like, Hey, like, did you catch that game? Yeah. We're going to talk about it for sure on this episode. And because of that recent result with France and Australia and that, that uh, open exhibition game, uh, it makes me really curious about the stakes of this match between France and Jamaica. We know that France is a top 10 ranked team. Um, They are absolutely considered contenders to compete for a title in this tournament. And Jamaica are making their return to the World Cup. They're not that debutante team that we saw in 2019. We have unfortunately have had to hear about some uh, open disputes, really from both of these teams with ongoing issues with their respective national teams. With France, it was a a coaching and culture issue. And with Jamaica, we've been hearing a lot about lack of resources and and preparation ahead of what is the biggest tournament in their program. So to know that there have unfortunately been some off-field issues that both of these teams have had to try to navigate into this game and having this recent result for France how is it? How are these two teams going to look as they go up against each other? So I'm I'm very yeah. intrigued even more now that we kind of had the the recent right. bit of information in front of us. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And when you look at Group F, which features France, Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama, um, Jamaica was in the 2019 World Cup, and 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 in this group, it's interesting that they're back again with Brazil because they lost three nil to Brazil in the group stage of the 2019 mat, uh, tournament that ultimately was one of the the dominoes in 
in the way that Jamaica fell out of the 2019 World Cup. Um, but you're exactly right. With France in this group, they've dealt with a lot of off-field struggles. They, they've dealt with injuries on the field. They've got new leadership with Renard as the manager who has never really done this before. Um, he, he's taken, he's been to a World Cup, the Men's yeah. World Cup in November, but now he's kind of leading this France side that is a top contender to win it all completely. I mean, I, I, France are favorites heading into this one. They've reached the quarterfinals in the last two World Cups, uh, losing by the smallest of margins, 2-1 to the U.S. in 2019 and then um, in 2015 to penalty kicks against Germany. So there's a number of different like elements to this France side, uh, and they have a target on their back. They've also got a chip on their shoulder. And when you look at Jamaica, of course, led by Kadisha Bunny Shaw, um, she's a 26-year-old. She's got 31 goals in 30 games for Manchester <laughs> City this year in, in the Super League. So she, we talked about her a lot this year. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Bunny Shaw to perform and to represent her country. But I think Jamaica is can be part of like the sleeper team in this group. And I agree. I totally love this matchup between France and Jamaica. We're going to see some good stuff out there. I mean, the first first match of a group stage is always like so intense no, that's, why we picked, that's why we picked three group stage matches that were the first game of the group stage yeah we wanted to split it for sure I mean it kind of gives you a little bit of goosebumps like when you find like those are the first moments for for some yeah. national teams you know as they kind of get ready to to get exposed to the environments the sights and the sounds of what this world cup is going to be for them I'm excited for that matchup I'm also excited for Perhaps what we're going to see in terms of a tactical battle uh, in Japan versus Spain out of mm -hmm. Group C, that one taking place on July 31st. Japan sitting just outside of those top 10 rankings. They're ranked at number 11. Spain within the top 10 as well. They just came off of a friendly against Vietnam, a debutante team. And listen, they have to be feeling quite confident out of that because I believe the ending scoreline in that was a 9-0 scoreline. It was huge. They put a ton of goals up on the debutant Vietnam. So a learning uh, opportunity here for probably both teams because I have to imagine that Spain going into a, a match like this, a friendly against a debutant team, they're also aware of – who they're playing against and their place in this world cup versus their experiences and navigating major tournaments. So I would imagine that this game against Japan in Spain isn't going to have some type of scoreline like yeah. that. Oh, completely. If anything, if anything, I feel like Japan could probably, will probably be a major, major test against Spain. They will probably make it very difficult for them to find an open lane and get as many clean looks yeah. on goal. Completely. I think the tactical battle between Japan and Spain is going to be the most fascinating because you look at the technical skills that both of these sides have and, and how their nations play historically, how they're coming into this in the form that they have, right? You look at the players. Um, Japan has one of the youngest squads in the World Cup. Their oldest player is 28 years old. 
1994, and their youngest player, 2004, 19 years old. That is just a, less than a 10-year age gap. It's nine years between the oldest and the youngest. Um, this Japan side is going to come out and, and kind of rock and roll. When you look at Group C that Japan and Spain are in, they're the top favorites to win and come out of this group. We talked about first group stage matches. This one between Japan and Spain, and Spain on July 31st is the final group stage match for these sides. Japan plays Zambia first, and then they play Costa Rica. Spain plays Costa Rica first, and then Zambia heading into this one. So that's like it. all the marbles. Yep. This game is going to be for all yep. the marbles. Just There's, there's going to be stakes. In this yeah. No matter like how, right, say that Spain and Japan go 2-0, and but right in both of their first games, um, obviously it comes down to a win who gets out of it, but you have to look at goal differential a little bit too and having a little bit more confidence because second, right, the runners up in groups can also get out and that's how they they sneak out of it. So when you're looking at like the group of C, it's we're going to see goals. I think throughout the group stages, if a team can score goals, they're going to try to rack them up, get as many as they can and run on that goal differential streak. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we're looking at games to keep an eye on and things that might have implications in the group, I love that you touched on those scenarios with Japan and Spain. But on July 27th, USA is going to go up against the Netherlands. And that's absolutely a game among our top six group stage matches to keep an eye on. Maybe this is the game that kind of dictates how things might shake out for Group E. What if this game ends in some kind of like ridiculous 1-1 draw between between these two in the group. And what does that set up for the final group stage? I, I think this is probably going to be the match that folks have their eyes on just for some of the storylines that go into it. I mean, it's a little bit of a repeat in terms of the 2019 final where the USA got the better of Netherlands to lift the cup. And, and the Netherlands, similar to USA, have had to navigate some pretty excruciating injuries along the way leading up to this World Cup. I'm, I'm beyond excited and hyped for this game. Of course, it's totally. on our top six group stage matches to watch. Yeah, but it's not our number one. Well, we can't, we can't get there yet, right? Because it doesn't happen until July 27th. So there's a lot of other matches to get there, but the rematch from 2019, there's just so much into this one. Um, We'll have all the previews for you for, for all of these individual matches, especially the United States ones, previews, recaps um, here on attacking third on Galazzo network. We, we got them all and we'll break them all down for you, but USA, Netherlands, Thursday, July 27th, um, this one is this one's a good time. It's a 9 p.m. kickoff Eastern, right? That's a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Americans will be watching for sure. Let's take a look at the final game that we want to keep an eye on. It's our top six group stage matches for you all to watch along. The South Korea versus Morocco match is a game that we are very curious about. We're highlighting some debutantes along the way. And while we mentioned Australia going up against Ireland, we definitely wanted to mention Morocco going up against South Korea. Wonderful storyline for this team heading into the World Cup. Yeah, massive for sure. Um, When you look at the group, uh, Group H, it's Germany, Colombia, South Korea, and Morocco. Germany, the, the clear favorite heading into this group. But I think when... 
to me, when there's like a solid favorite, that's like, oh, okay, everyone just kind of writes them off. They're going to get out of the group. That's what makes the group that much more interesting because the runners up also get out of the group. They head to the round of 16. And when you look at the the last year that Moroccan football has had with their men's team making it through to the round of 16 and going on an incredible run in the World Cup in November, and then this Moroccan side making their very first debut in the Women's World Cup, they go up against Germany to start. It's going to be a tough, tough challenge for Morocco when they kick off this Group H. It's not going to be an easy run for them. They then get South Korea in their second match, and I think that's the game that we picked because of how South Korea is and their form coming into this match and and really what we can't expect from Morocco, I'm going to say. That's what makes it so intriguing because um, they're riding high off off the support of their nation, the support of their men's team and the national team and, and heading into this one. It's not going to be an easy run for Morocco, but that's when we see the true grit and the, and the blue collar energy of these different teams and the debutantes shine through in the World Cup. So for sure, you got to keep an eye on South Korea versus Morocco, July 30th. That's the second match day for Group H in the World Cup. I mean, Sandra, we got some big ones on our list to watch. Yeah, we do. And we've got some some teams, like you mentioned, that we're keeping a particularly closer eye on. So make sure you stick with us because not only are we going through six matches to keep an eye on, but we want to talk about six teams to take the title. So hang out after a quick break to find out who they are. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're all World Cup energy with six days out for kickoff of the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And we love a theme here at Attacking Third. We love to celebrate. We're all about it. So with six days till the World Cup kicking off on July 20th, we decided why not pick out six teams that we think will make a run at the title. Now, Lisa, I've mentioned this before on the show that I'm of the argument that any of the current top team, the top 10 ranked teams going in to this competition can make a case, can probably have a good shot at making a run for the 2023 world cup title. I would say some are in front of others, although we don't have a role in those official rankings. We can have fun with rankings of our own. So I've gone and done that. If you're looking for a, a remix or a, of a power rankings, I have that on cbsports.com. I've bumped up Brazil a little bit. I think I've bumped down Netherlands a little bit. I'll just be real. Um, so take a look at it when you get a chance. But in terms of even narrowing that lens even more, it gets a little bit more tricky, I think, when you try to even narrow that down. So 
six teams that we think have a real shot at this title in 2023. Let's pop them off. Of course, we're going to pay respects to the current World Cup title holders. USA had the target on their back going into this tournament, and rightfully so. Like so many other programs, they've dealt with some hits along the way leading up to this tournament. They've got their injuries, but they've also got depth that they've brought along. We've talked about the roster that got announced. It's pretty split between players who have played in previous World Cups and new faces who are going to make their debuts. But because of that, they're kind of looking at that as their X factor a little bit, that they've got a lot of exciting players to introduce to the world and they're going to do it in this tournament. And we've got them right now at number one. Yeah, we do. How can you not have the United States at number one? I think that across the board, a lot of different countries do. There have been times, I'm not going to lie, where I personally have faltered and said, is, is the, can the USA actually win this? Right. There are so many, the odds are against them. There are so many things going against the United States and the Americans. However, they've also got a lot of things going their way. They've got a lot of depth despite the injuries that this team has faced. They've got a lot of next man up mentality. They've got young players coming in that can make a difference. Um, it, it's frankly a good mix to me of veterans and and experience with 14 players headed to their first World Cup, nine major veterans, three of them that this will be their fourth World Cup. There's just a lot of different factors for this United States sides. They're, they're setting themselves up for success. Now, it is not a cakewalk, and I think that with the media and what we've heard coming out of the U.S. Women's National Team camp, they don't think it's going to be, and they never would expect that. They're truly focused on Vietnam, the opening match for them, and kind of how they can run run at this. They're number one in the FIFA rankings. They're number one in the odds. There's a lot of odds for them to win as well. If you're a betting person, um, you know all about that, but USA, that's our number one for sure. Yeah, I think we wanted to try to have some fun with this and, and mix it up. So for number two, we've been chatting about this team a lot. So maybe this won't be a shock for folks when they hear this, but we're high on Brazil. We want to see this team compete and go far in this tournament. We think they have some unique storylines around them. They have, of course, a significant number of players that we've been able to keep an eye on in the NWSL throughout the regular season to date. And They have a lot of motivation, I think, going into this World Cup. I think more so than maybe some of the other teams. It's not for for me when you're looking at whether it's top 10 or for us narrowing it down to six. The whole concept of who wants it more is not something that I think is going to exist because I think so many of these teams that we're talking about absolutely want it. Uh, They want to have that World Cup title. But I think when you start getting into the teams and what those reasons are, what those motivations can be. You get into Brazil and you have all of those unique opportunities. We have heard players talk about how inspired they are to try to go out there and get this long elusive World Cup title for Marta, who has officially announced that, yes, this will be her final World Cup Players and teammates who have made that comparison to Argentina and Messi's run at the 2022 World Cup and that they are motivated by this as well. So I I am absolutely keeping an eye on Brazil. I've been saying it all over the place. I get to you on here, out here in Miami at a work conference. Look, if Brazil goes into this World Cup and they 
win their group and they beat France in this group, you better watch out for this team. I I agree. I'm with you. I think Brazil is top for me. They're one of the teams that – people might sleep on. I think opposition might sleep on them as well. They they have been so close, right? They were runners up in 99. They, they got third in 2007, but they've struggled. In their last three tournaments, they haven't cracked the top four. Um, now, when you look at the, the group that they're in with Panama, France, and Jamaica, I think this is a chance for them. They're coming off of a Copa America run where they went undefeated throughout that and then they went on to win the whole thing they've got a lot of versatility they've got Pia Sundage at the has the helm who is a coach that also wants to win right it's been a bit elusive for her as well you talked about Marta and how the the World Cup has been just out of her grasp same for Pia this is a coach that has spent a lot of times with very successful teams she was with the United States she has been in Sweden and now she's with this Brazil side and she's searching, searching for a World Cup. And what really impresses me about this Brazilian side is that they've got a lot of players, right? I mean, you talked about Marta, and there's just a lot of different talent there. But what makes it hard or rather fun to scout them and to prepare for this Brazilian side is that the versatility of the players. Um, Ari Borges, uh, a player for Brazil coming out and saying that she's going to play any position she wants, whether it's in the midfield or in the back, wherever her team needs her. The versatility is fantastic. The players play in multiple positions. They'll change during the game. One group stage match, they'll be an outside winger. The next one, they'll be a defender. It is impressive to watch. And the fact that this team is in that mentality of just, I will do whatever it takes for my team, for Marta, to get this win makes Brazil a very, very much a top contender for this World Cup. Yeah, I'm with you. Lots of lots of great, unique things there and lots of motivation for sure. I I mentioned, you know, how Brazil taking on France could be one of those indicators. And that's a motivation as well for for this team. They they were got eliminated by France in the 2019 World Cup. Um, There's an opportunity to get some revenge pretty early on and rather quickly in this edition of the World Cup. So we're absolutely keeping an eye on this team. But We're also keeping an eye on other top 10 ranked teams. We have at number three, England, as a team to make a run for the title in this World Cup. Respectfully, they absolutely have a bit of a target on them as well, entering this tournament as the Euro champions. And when there's a lot of great energy around teams when they accomplish incredible things on the pitch. And what we witnessed last summer for England during the Euros you just sort of felt like it was a monumentous occasion for women's football in Europe, England specifically. You saw the reaction, you saw the crowd, you saw everyone buy in. But like so many of their other top-ranked rivals, they've also had to deal with some injury bumps along the way heading into this tournament And they've had to deal with some questionable results in the buildup to this, just playing out to a scoreless draw against Portugal, a debutante team that will feature at the World Cup. And they struggled against Australia as well. So scoreless for the Lionesses going into this World Cup. And uh, I, I still think that is going to be one of those motivating factors, though. They want to sh- are going to get into this group stage and want to show 
that they still are those absolute contenders. Yeah. And they just, you're talking about recent form. They just tied with Canada mm-hmm. zero, zero. That just happened yesterday. Another, um, yeah, another one. <laughs> yeah. Another one where it, this is also a nation that struggled with a lot, a lot of injuries. You look at, at the list and it keeps growing. Beth Mead, Fran Kirby, Leo Williamson. There's just a number of players that have been out and Serena Wigman having to kind of alter and shift and come up with new game plans because you're exactly right. After the Euros, it was kind of like, wow, this English side, they're just going to go on a run. And unfortunately, they've had to be knocked down a few pegs just in terms of the outside looking in and, and what was kind of happening to them. But they're still a top contender. I think the confidence levels for them, right, they they went out against the Americans um, last year and and it was a tough run for the United States. So they've got comp- They've got confidence in this European side in England and, and what they can do heading into this match. Um, for sure, they're number four on FIFA's rankings. Um, they've dominated Europe, and they're going to continue to do that on this run. It's definitely not going to be easy for England when they head into this match against Group D. They're with Haiti, Denmark, China, and England. It'll be interesting and difficult to see, but they're top contenders. Speaking of number four... You mentioned we've actually got Spain as number four on our top six teams to compete for the title this year. Look, there were some odds that recently got placed out, some betting odds if folks want to try to to place some bets on the World Cup. And Spain ranked uh, among one of the higher teams in terms of odds. And look, uh, we mentioned and touched on that Vietnam and Spain friendly a little bit at the top of the episode And even though it might be a little bit of difference in competition for them within their own group stage, you have to know that that is going to be a confidence booster for this Spain side. The breaking through on goal aspect has sometimes been a topic of discourse for Spain as they've gone up in major tournaments. Shoot the ball. Can they get uh, and rack up? you know, kind of lopsided score lines in major tournaments, or are they so focused on their, you know, ball possession that maybe they're going to keep it closer than it's, than it is for comfort. I think no matter how you get the points, it doesn't make them any less of a contender. I think if anything, their style and their ball retention is something that makes them such a team to sort of be a little bit, you know, have a little bit of fear when you go up uh, against them. And I think they're going to be a team that for some others are still remain a little bit un- unpredictable. So I'm very curious how the group stage is going to shake out. I like that we touched on that Japan and Spain game as a match to watch because I do feel like there will be some competition within this group that will help Spain for those knockout rounds because there are some other groups where there are some favorites that stand out. Germany and Sweden might have some untested waters going into the knockout rounds, but we can also be completely wrong on that as well. They can, they can bomb out though. Anything can happen at the world, (laughs) at the world cup. But for Spain, we feel like their potential path into the knockout rounds will only prepare them for knockout rounds. So we've got them at number four. I really do with the group, um, Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, Zambia. I think that Spain will finish first in this group heading out of it, which you're exactly right. It's going to propel them forward throughout the round of 16 towards the final four um, heading into the semifinal. I I think that this is a Spanish side that they've got Alexia Puteas back, and that's massive. Not just to have her on the pitch, but 
as a team, right? To know that she's there. She's an option. She's a secret weapon that they can use. Your confidence as a team just grows that much more. And and there was a big stretch where it was like, is she going to be back? What's going to happen? How is she going to play? So the team has had leveled up in those moments. They faced a lot of adversity off the pitch. We talked about France and some of the other options. And you look at, I mean, there's a number of nations that have been fighting for rights off the field. Spain is one of those teams. And when a team does that and what over 10, over 12, 13, 14, 15 players stand together and say, we will not support this. We will not be part of this if this is how you want. That's a unity and that's a cohesiveness that once it's it's molded on the foundational level, that cannot be broken. And those teammates are stronger and better for it than they were before because they stood by each other. And that's that extra little asterisk that this Spain side has, um, which puts them at the top of our list for sure to win. Absolutely. For number five, we're going to continue to show love to the co-hosts as often as we can. We've got Australia at number five. I was a little unsure if we're if they would even rank within the six teams that we've got going on because we're talking about how much competition there is between the top 10. So when you try to narrow that down even more, who is going to slot into that? And I have to say, there is a little bit of recency bias in this. If you're joining us today, they just had a match against France where they won 1-0 leading up into this World Cup. And Lisa, it was absolute scenes. We're talking 50,000 people in the stands showing up for just a friendly meeting into the World Cup. It was absolutely Absolutely beautiful scenes. You love to see it. And for me, placing Australia number five out of six teams, narrowing it down from 10 teams might not be as unrealistic for some. I mean, there's history behind this in that sometimes when a national team is hosting a World Cup, they are motivated by being hosts Mm -hmm. and tend to do a bit well in those tournaments And after watching Australia compete against another top 10 team and pull off that narrow result, you have to imagine that they've got a bit of clout going into this world. For sure. And and Mary Fowler getting the goal for Australia against this France side, she came on at the 45-minute mark, so at halftime. Um, that's also really good to see, right? I mean, yeah, it's fun to see Sam Kerr score. She's the superstar. She's broken records in, in multiple leagues. She knows how to score. She knows how to do a backflip celebration. But you want to see the depth and the balance scoring with this Australian side because – Sam Kerr is at the top of every single team's scouting report. So you can't rely on her to just carry this team offensively. You've got to balance out the scoring, um, and that's what they've been able to do. I mean, Kerr has gotten goals, but she's also been able to um, kind of set up her teammates and, and draw a lot of attention away, which allows for other teammates to be able to shine and, and grow into those moments. I think the defensive side of the game for Australia for me is a bit questionable. I'm just, I get nervous with how many goals they might concede because they're focused on their offense and they can get exposed. Um, but they've been doing pretty well. They're coming off back-to-back shutouts, um, four shutouts or three shutouts in their last four friendlies that they've played heading into the World Cup. So looking better for them, but we'll see. No, I'm with you. I love that you touched on Fowler for sure, because I think that was one of the things that stuck out for me in that friendly 
they kind of flexed their depth a little bit in this one. We saw Alana Kennedy slot in for Claire Polkinghorne at center back. What was that going to look like? As she is a player that has not played in quite some time, I believe since January with this team. And how how was she going to fare against such an attacking-minded France squad? We got to see Fowler come in off the bench yep. and what she can produce as well. And I don't know if Australia is a team that many folks had on their radar saying like, you know, who's got a really deep squad, Australia, but this kind of shows a little bit of how they can rotate players in and out. Sam Kerr getting rotated out of that game pretty early, you know, because there's still that concept that look, this is just a warm up, right. Against the upcoming world cup. We, we want to have a great performance and we want to live up to the building or the, the billing and the hype, but let's make sure that we all get out of here, um, you know, and make sure that we keep our eye on the prize. So thrilled for the Matildas to have such a, a great kind of send off, so to speak, even though they're, they're in their host country, uh, but also a great um, feeling for them to sort of maybe get some of those jitters out initially, mm-hmm. because it's going to feel a lot. You're going to feel a lot of emotions as a player representing the host country. And, and this was, I think a nice way to sort of ease them in to some of the environments that they are going to see. You want to lift that pressure off of yourself a little bit in terms of those hopes of a nation on shoulders. Right. And I think this match might have done that for them. And it's, it's all part of why we're bumping them up in the teams to possibly take the title. And for number six, We've got a little bit of a wild card because we're a little bit split now on this. Well, I'm going, I'm going to go France and I think we just go in Germany, but either, or maybe we're flip-flopping, who knows? But we we struggled to, to, to think about who is, is going to sit in this number six slot. Again, recency bias in place, France coming right. off of that loss. You know, we're going to touch on the injuries out of that game as well. Uh, so, They've got. We've, we've talked about how they've had a short buildup to this World Cup in terms of their coaching. Uh, Renard just getting with the time with this team about six months, trying to put some band aids right on some of the discourse and displeasure with France football culture and its players. Wendy Renard back in the pitch, wearing the captain's arm back, but they've dealt with some injuries as well. No Amandie Henri available for this squad as they continue to move forward in the World Cup. But Germany also has some similar uh, storylines as well when you're looking, when you're kind of comparing these two European giants. Yeah, I mean, really with France, I think the injuries plague them a bit more than Germany, um, right? Like with winger – Cascarino, she's out, right? ACL, Amadine Henri, as you just mentioned. And then most recently, as as France just played in this friendly with Australia, Selma Bacha having to be taken off the pitch as well. Like that is heartbreaking. It's devastating yeah. for me. It makes me so sad and so upset. I think this France side is going to do well, though, throughout this World Cup with the groups that they're playing with Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama. They've, they've, They'll get a good run. Now, Germany, though, they're in Group H with Morocco, Colombia, and South Korea. So they're going up against Morocco, debutantes in this. Um, For me, Germany can make a run in this World Cup if they just crush their Group H. Yeah. They're going to. They will. (laughs) Like, they will. And I mean, they should. They should. should. They should, Sandra. They should get shutouts every single game. They should rack up the score. They've got to get confidence. They've got to really fuel themselves, get in a rhythm. 
um, get really confident and comfortable in what they're doing. Caroline uh, Simon with Bayern Munich for this German side, the defender. She is unavailable now without her knee. Linda Dahlman, her ankle is out, of course, and uh, Julia Gwynn as well. So there's a, a number of players. Um, I think Gwynn for me is probably the one that hurts the most. She was the 2019 best young player of the World Cup for Germany, and that's one that this German side is really going to miss. But if they can crack out as group stage, and I don't mean crack out like sneak out. I mean like snap a whip, no. dominate every single match they play, and go on a run, that's what will help Germany. All right. We'll, we'll see. I mean, look, we the top 10 teams are, are so narrow. The margins are so fine and thin between them. It's fun. It's always fun trying to remix this and, and maybe take a narrow that down to six teams who we think are going to make a run at the title. Of course, drop us who you think is going to make a run at the title in the chat. We're going to take a quick break before we close out the episode. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. We're going to continue our episode and close out with, with the bullet points of, of news leading into, into this World Cup. We, we touched on them slightly throughout the episode, but talking a little bit more about the, the injuries that might have some implications moving forward for national teams as we're just six days out from the World Cup. Obviously, Australia and France, uh, a big one for France, unfortunately. But some Baca stretched off, actually, in this yeah. game. It was tough, tough scenes to see. I was watching it in real time. I was I was one of those, you know, weirdos up early in the morning trying to it's, take a look. Just preparing for the next month, but that's it. Yeah, this is we're also conditioning, right? The bodies and the minds and the brains, right? But watching how this happens and the timing in which it happens is so heartbreaking. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's, it's just a very aggravated ankle tweak because on the replay, you could see her ankle kind of bends in, in a way that you don't like to, to have happen as a, as a pro athlete. Um, and the severity of the moment and, and the environment, obviously you're there for, you're literally in the host country for the world cup. Of course, a player is, is going to feel all of those emotions. And so she did not, you know, look as if this was something that was minimal, but you never know until you know, and hopefully it is just a minor uh, issue, maybe a minor sprain or, or, or tweak and just some swelling, but I'm sure there will eventually be an update on that, but it was absolutely uh, devastating scenes at the time. I, I mean, on the other side of the pitch, you had her Leon teammate and Ellie Carpenter. Yeah. You could see just, just gutted, just did not want to see that happen for her club teammates. Um, and you have to wonder 
for for Baca going in, into this World Cup and, and for France has been such a crucial key component for this national I mean, team. it's devastating. Like, watching that hurt. It hurts yeah. my heart to watch all of these injuries and all of the players happening. Um, there was also a closed-door friendly between Ireland and Colombia that took place down under. Um, that happened early this morning, late last night. I, the time yeah. changes still get me, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It happened early this morning. Um, and, of course, behind closed doors, so there hasn't been that much reporting. I'm sure as the day goes on today, they'll continue to be more and more news that comes out about what happened but apparently after 20 minutes um the the game was canceled due to yeah. physicality due to roughness that was happening a couple yellow cards in the first 10 minutes of this game Unfortunately, Denise O'Sullivan received a knock on her shin. She was taken to the hospital for evaluation. It's all very precautionary. I'm hoping for positive news come tomorrow, right? That's it's kind of when we'll see and hear news cycles. But um, thinking about Denise O'Sullivan, of, of course, and, and Selma with France. But um, it's just it's sad to see that these friendlies that are happening right before, right, the week of the World Cup um, and injuries that happen. I mean, it's it's such this final line to walk because nations want to get one last run in, right? We saw the U.S. do it with Wales. It's a send-off series. It's a chance to rally your country around this team. It's also an opportunity for the team to get some cohesiveness and reps together because they probably haven't seen too much time together against other competition as well. It's an opportunity, but you always risk injury. You always risk getting hurt and that's what you don't want to see in these moments so fingers crossed there's a couple more friendlies to roll out i think today and tomorrow there's another one um across a couple of these different nations so keep an eye on them and injuries that come out of them and precautionary and it's it's tough yeah. right, so after the columbia ireland match was canceled after 20 minutes the irish side has it has been reported that the irish side did stay back they had a full training um and they still look to get reps in in those moments as they're headed into their first cups debutantes right there that's the other difficult part of this too, is that this is this is still it's still build up. It's still preparation time yeah. for that group stage. And I think that's part of it what that's part of what makes these injuries feel so so heightened in, in terms of the impact that they they could possibly have on a team moving forward because they're just so close to kickoff. We keep talking about six days and, and you hate to, to hear that or you know see yeah. the reporting of it, you know, for, for Ireland because Denise O'Sullivan, again, similar to to Boxa for, for France, one of those starters yep. for for Ireland. Let's let's not get it twisted here. This is not just like a really good player. This is a player who starts for Ireland. This is a player who um is part of, of a historic uh, run here for this Ireland side. So hopefully it is not something that is um, significant, but I I understand folks and, and their worry when it is a player that needs to go to, to the hospital. So uh, of course we're going to hope for, for the best. And if there is an additional update, of course we'll be here to, to support on it but this this is what's so tough about it it's it's literally preparation games i think these players are so amped yeah to start up the world cup that we're we are still seeing some of these very devastating injuries kind of take place so so close to the to the tournament and you know for for the united states side of things we should absolutely touch on that before we we close out they're also in their final preparation and build up to their group stage is going to kick off on July 21st against Vietnam. 
they're taking this very seriously too, even though we don't have a, a game outside of Wales to, to talk about recently, but they, they got into New Zealand and they said, let's make this place like home. For yeah, us. they exactly did a lot of reporting from Jeff, Jeff Kasuf out of the equalizer. Great job by him. Um, there's a lot of cool outlets for people to follow over the next month. Do it. They've got great content and it's not just this month, but um, Jeff Kasuf reporting that the U.S. got to their training camp in Auckland, New Zealand, and they wanted to make it their own. They wanted to have it feel more like home. And that's um, what we've heard out of the U.S. Soccer Federation is why the United States has been able to be successful because Whatever they do on U.S. soil, whatever they do at home when they're training in, in their top-notch facilities, they try to replicate that when they're on the road. And being at the World Cup, that's even elevated more so than any other. Um, they ended up building a second field at the United States training camp. They rented different trailers and, and modulars to have meeting rooms and, and an on-site gym for the Americans. So they really could have everything top tier that they wanted to have um, the U.S. soccer doing what they always try to do and creating this home away from home for them. But this time it's a bit more elevated than before. There's a, a lot of fun stuff coming out of it. We will be on top of it here at Attacking Third. Um, Uncle Lazo Network, Sandra and I, whatever it may be, yeah. we'll be here talking about it all because six days, bud, six days. We're so, so close. I uh, can't wait. You know, a real safe way for folks to, I think, prepare for the World Cup is to make sure that they stay tuned in to any gaming as well. Like, look, you can you can play some games if you want to, to pass the time for the World Cup. EA Sports announced that for the first time ever, both male and female players will be usable in the Ultimate Team in the brand new EAFC 24 game. The game is going to feature already uh, retired players as, as icons and heroes, just like Mia Hamm, so you can play as her as well so make sure you crank up the gaming you know help help pass the time in safe ways where you're not going to get injured you know you that, can that's be mia ham you can play mia ham on your team in this new ea sports game i mean like that's fantastic for fifa i love that's, that that's what that's what we're about let's 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 keep it let's keep it locked in let's keep the energy good but let's all get there in in, in one piece uh whether you're watching australia new zealand stateside or if you're one of the lucky ones who are going to go ahead and uh get there in in, in the southern hemisphere taking a person enjoy or if you're gonna make sure that you're tuned in to all things world cup that means you have to watch attacking third on golasso network monday at 4 p.m eastern you got to tune on in to make sure you're caught up with all things women's soccer women's world cup and more thank you all so much for listening to attacking third as always we appreciate you so much Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. We will be back on Golazo Network, Attacking Third, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Tune on in in the afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Carlin, this was Attacking Third.